Okay, happy Mother's Day. Uh, In my case, it's not. It's another one of those days when I'm feeling just... I don't know what's the word. Guilty would be part of it. Sad. Maybe worried. Um, not depressed, because that, that's sort of a longer term. It's just the way I'm feeling now. Uh, upset. Rattled. And I guess even a feeling of, uh, I don't have the right to tell you about it. Uh, not, not that, but that I shouldn't be sharing this. I should be doing something about whatever it is that's causing me to feel the way I am, instead of picking up this uh, digital recorder and talking to who? I really don't know who. I know I have a lot of regular listeners, and uh, some of you will maybe appreciate this. But there's a feeling of... Mm, is it the easy way out? And then I think back to this theme which we've been on for, well, since last uh, fall, uh, the letters... Letters are a way of me dealing with my mixed feelings and emotions and confusion and whatnot. I just pick a, pick a person, my sister, uh, my friend Bruce, um, and write. And write it all out. Now, to my parents, it served a different purpose. I just want them to know I'm well, everything's okay. Thank you for all you've given me. But uh, to my sister and and then to uh, another level, in in terms of the the topics I could get into, sometimes sex, I could do that with my buddies, Chris and Bruce. Uh, With my sister, it was more about emotions and feeling what should I be doing. And it took me so long. I mean, I've been at this game 16 years now to realize that this is just a transference. This whole thing about podcasting is really replacing what I used to do, writing in letters. But but it's it's maybe a little more dishonest. With the letter, it was one person. And and I knew if I shared one with Bruce, he might let Debbie read it or Chris or somebody else. And that that would generally be okay. Uh, Don't share it with my parents. But with this podcast, 
the audience is a lot looser, and, and and that causes me a little concern that, well, then maybe you should tighten up what you're seeing. Maybe you should hold back a little. Maybe you uh, ought to keep some of that to yourself. But, but then it defeats the purpose. Well, then what? You go halfway, you only say a little bit about what you're feeling, and you hold back on the on the truth, what's really getting at you. So what I'll do is I'll I'll start sharing and then decide later if I really want to put it out for other people to listen to or just uh, keep it in my pocket. My wife is cleaning the windows. Um, she uh, it's Mother's Day weekend. It's Mother's Day. Uh, but she's decided this is the day she wants to clean the windows. And it may be her way of dealing with the fact that her mother is in Japan in a nursing home. She can't see her. Better to be busy. And my wife, my way of coping is uh, read a book or or, or podcast or, or, you know, start writing this book, whatever. I, I have a, plenty of escapes. Go for a drive, go to Bluffers Park. But for my wife, it, it has to be doing something. And I, I don't dare get out on the roof with, with no balance. It'd be crazy. I've, I did that in, in the past. It was a thing. I did it when I was younger. lived in Ottawa. Took down, put up these winter windows, screen windows. Um, oh, my goodness. Here's my cat who just <laughs> quietly, surreptitiously... Saw the open window and has crawled into the van, and I, I, I love that. My cat just—it's just—it's almost like a ghost keeping me company. The white sort of suits her. Anyway, I, you know, so she's going to get up on the roof. I can't do those things. She reminded me. Yeah, maybe a year from now you might be worse off. I think it might have been a probably. She sees old people. She sees degradation and health. Um, it's I do have disabilities. She used that word too. I mean, like I mentioned, maybe trying to get up just the front steps of my house holding binders under two arms, and I couldn't do it. My body was just screaming, no, you can't do it. No, there's no balance. You're going to fall. Don't. Put them down. And it was a real struggle. And when I go upstairs, it's, you know, hand on the railing, hand over hand, step by step by step. So I claim it doesn't bother me. Yesterday we went for a bit of a walk. We, it was a nice day. We drove out to a, a sort of a, a Durham forest region, I think, and um, a very short little walk uh, just because going up and down hills, it's it's tiring coming down anyway, but... We did it, but you know the limit. These 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 are not hikes I'm taking. So anyway, I can't help with the windows. I, I just you know I, I it would be it would be reckless to be stupid. I I suppose worse than that was I didn't even see the need to have clean windows, and of course that's what bothers her a lot. You know, hey, the place needs vacuuming every week and needs cleaning and it needs this and that and I'm saying well you know I barely see the dust but that that's just lazy cop out it's, it's wrong on my part and she's right to keep a clean house but she is the one keeping the clean house 
and I'm doing less and less and less. And I think, well, what can I do to um, please? Last night I made dinner. I was quite pleased with the dinner I made. My son enjoyed it. No comment from my wife, but she is a hard woman to please. She's she's not she's not the easiest person in the world. My Bruce just um, in a in an email back to me said she's an enigma, and I thought, yes, that is the word. I've used that word before. Uh, very very difficult person to understand and decipher. But I, I think, like I say today, I think I figured it out. She has to be doing something on Mother's Day. And uh, so this is, so let her do it. Just let it go. Don't feel guilty. You know, if it's helping her. But here's me. Now I'm sitting in the road track with my binders of letters. Think, well, I'll just dictate another letter. And is that, is that fair? Is that right? Should I not be feeling bad. And then another thing popped up. Well, wait a minute now. I got a, I got a 29 year old son who's lying in bed right now. This is poor fatherhood, poor parenthood. I should be getting him to get up, but I know if I go upstairs and wake him and, you know, try and get him on the job, uh, you know, that would involve my wife because she'll be in the middle of it and better and I thought well I'll just I'll phone him from the road track to his bedroom and say hey going off for your mother some help and I ran that scenario through my head and then felt bad again like what a stupid way to do things and you know you failed in terms of he should have known he should have offered I think my my older son would be right in there right off the bat um, this son is He's he's very conservative. He's he's more Japanese in that sense, but in terms of his laziness and willingness to sit back and let somebody else do something, uh, that's unfortunately too much like me. And uh, what am I doing to correct that? So more guilt, more bad feelings, more okay. Now not only are you lazy and um, you know in bad physical condition and going to only get worse, but you're also uh, not a very good parent and so on. I try to be a role model for cleaning dishes and making meals and showing them, but still not enough. And I think of other parents who've done just such a much better job than I'd ever have done. I, I don't think I've been a bad parent. I've provided for my family. I look, I look at this house. Hey, how did this guy, if you read those earlier letters, who was afraid of responsibility, who was, you know, just dodging any sort of commitment right and left end up turning into the person who got a job, created a company, got it bankrolled from Japan, bought a house, is paying the bills on time, hasn't gambled or lost any money other than maybe some RSPs that were put in uh, um, funds that had too much tech in them and uh, during that dot-com crash lost some money, but hey, <laughs> so did everybody else. Uh, I, you know, I haven't done that bad, bad a job. I, I was thinking back last night, yeah, when the boys were young, I used to lie in the bunk beds with them and uh, and read a story. I read all the whole Harry Potter series and even made up a story um, that they liked. So, you know, I, I, I can't, I shouldn't fault myself entirely, completely on the parenting front. 
But still, any parent knows you always know you could have done better. You wish you could turn back time, slow down time, go back to when they were children, that little magical period that never comes back, you never see again, maybe get a glimpse of if uh, they become parents and you're a grandparent, but uh, I don't think that's in our cards. Anyway, you, you see, sharing this, it, 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 it's making me feel a little better. And is, is that so wrong? Maybe it touches somebody else. Maybe somebody else has some emotions that might be somehow a little bit connected to mine. My cat's up on my lap now. Apparently woke my wife at four this morning through wanting to play with somebody wanting attention. I never heard it. Slept through it, of course. Uh, the other thing that came up was, you know, there's a basement full of things we're not using. You want to get rid of them. And, of course, uh, I guess there's an old bureau that was my grandmother's bureau drawers. And I think, well, look, it's in the basement. There's nothing else that needs to go in the spot. It's not like moving cars in a, in the driveway where there's no room for the other car. It's just sitting there. And she says, well, they'll get rid of it. It's the Japanese mindset. You get rid of things you're not using. And that is just diametrically opposed to my Canadian collector mindset of, well, just leave it then. So when she said, you know, there's things to get rid of, I um, immediately countered with, well, we got rid of the foosball table because you wanted me to. It's actually with my neighbors uh, right next to me here in their basement for their kids to play, which was a, a good outcome. We just gave it to them. But I played that card, said, you know, I didn't want to give it away. You did. A little, I don't know if that was unfair, but it was true. I, you know, I would have, I liked it. I didn't want to get rid of it. I did it to please my wife. Uh, I would have played. She said, you never played it. Yeah, but I would have, you know, I could have, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd invite my son down. Come on, let's have a game of foosball. It was fun. It didn't need to be got rid of. She said, well, if you feel that way, you could buy another one. Well, no. Of course I'd never do that. It's ridiculous. Anyway, it always gets back to, you know, maybe with my disability, it's going to be harder for me to do anything, like get rid of stuff. So maybe you better start now. And I think, why, why, my, my thinking is, but why is it bothering you? Why is it? And it's because when she gets the vacuum out and cleans, She's seeing all my stuff. And it's just it's just a, a fundamental difference in, in thinking, in mindset, in history, in character, in culture. And just I think, look, I got a bar full of my knickknacks. Like this is it's great. People want people like to see this. I, I want visitors to come over and look at my bar. I've made videos about it. I know my friends would understand. I think you listeners might understand, but I, I, I don't know that why she's so worried. Like, why, you know, is it because she's nobody, her answer is nobody wants any of that. And I'm how do you know? You don't want it, but maybe some friend might want something from my, like these cola nut dishes. Those are neat things. Maybe it's true. And, and I, and I thought today, I thought, my God, it, it, it would pain me if I could look down from above 
and see my treasures on the front lawn for any scavenger to come by and pick up and take, you know, and, and thought, well, why should that? Well, it wouldn't bother me if I was dead. But that thought of it, of these things having suddenly no meaning at all, and, and that gets me back to, well, wait a minute. This book I'm putting together has meaning to me. It's something I'm leaving behind. It's my history. It's 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 me. It's That's who I was. That's that's a, a, a legacy. It's almost alive. I, I, I'm that's important to me. And I doubt very much she sees or knows that or wants to know that. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not faulting her for that. That's fine. That, that's her outlook. And, and maybe I'm fooling myself that this is of any value. I don't think so. When I read a letter from 1981 from Nigeria, and wow. This is a description that, that's very, very real of what life was like day to day in a village in 1981 in a small little village in the middle of Nigeria at a Christian girls' school. That's a record. It's a piece of history. I have these things that a my great-grandfather left behind his sketches. He didn't write. He went on to become a, uh, a minister. And, oh, cat wants out, and I don't want her jumping. Hang on, you hang on while I open the door. There you go. There you go. <coughs> Sorry. Last time she jumped, it was a disaster. She was hanging on by her claws, and I had to rescue her. <sighs> so, yeah, he, he left these sketches behind. And they're wonderful. I mean, a sketch of Yokohama from the ships looking at Yokohama. A, a pen sketch, of which there are not two in the world. There's just the one I have now. It's framed. That's a piece of history from 1867, roughly, you know. Um, his ship's records, you know, left behind. A bit of a history from this character. And I'm thinking, well, what I'm doing with these letters and, you know, selecting some letters and putting them into a book for easier access to more people, that's a legacy. That's worthwhile. And I'm feeling, hey, that's... That's, God damn it, that's more important to me than clean windows or getting rid of chest of bureau and so on. But, of course, what you may be saying, some of you, well, that's a selfish perspective. Well, it is. It is. And sometimes we have to be selfish. Sometimes, gosh, you know, I, I was thinking, who can I talk to? Instead of turning on this podcast, who can I talk to? And I know somebody I can talk to. I know somebody, that person in my church. Incidentally, um, in the letters there, I really did find Jesus in, in Nigeria and I uh, was sharing it with my friends and uh, I think some were beginning to wonder what the hell's happened to him. Anyway, we'll leave it there. It's 20 minutes. And I, I I feel better for having said this. I think it was honest. I did the best I could. And if this is not good enough for you, well, my God, fuck you. I, I guess that worries me. I don't really have control over who's listening. And I don't like the idea of... I don't like 
the idea of somebody passing judgment on me so quickly or and the fact that there's no real engagement. Nobody's going to write back and say, hey, Ken, I heard you. I understand what you're going through. Or, hey, Ken, why don't you try thinking this way? Um, it just doesn't happen. This just goes out there. <sighs> all right. That's all we got. Bye for now. Oh, I did want to add um, this. Uh, it, it's my anniversary of my cat tomorrow. Of finding Yuki, so it's nice that she visited. The, probably five, maybe six years. Uh, on May twentieth, it's the anniversary of my company uh, that I founded, Canadian or Kyrincha Canada, in nineteen ninety three. So I could run these study tours, um, and also something else in May. Well, my sister's eightieth birthday yesterday. Uh, the purchase of this house uh, was in. May of 1994, I guess. So it seems a very significant month to do it. But uh, anyway, those of you who are real, genuine, engaged listeners, thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Oh, it's broken. Oh, what the hell? The bell's not. Hang on, hang on. We got a repair job we got to do here. What the hell? Sometimes. Oh, we can't have this not working. Come on, not this bell. No, it doesn't seem right. We got problems, boys and girls. We got problems. I'm going to have to fix that later. Oh, the dinger's... The dinger's done. All right. Anyway, listen. Scarborough Dude here. Who else? And I want to do a follow-up to the clip I uh, posted earlier. I was kind of embarrassed about it. Uh, I thought it might have revealed a little bit too much private stuff that neither my son or my wife would appreciate and uh, still really I'm skating on thin ice there I'll tell you boys, girls Um, but I'm going to follow it up anyway if I do go ahead which I think I will Um, because it means I've got a a bigger picture, a wholer story Um, I am emotionally immature That's clear. Boy, if you haven't picked up on that by now, uh, you're missing something. You're just not listening. You're making a sandwich or you're, uh, you know, doing you're somewhere else. But I am very emotionally mature. And it's a fault. I get angry. I get frustrated at little things. You know, I'm I'm the type. The example I give is shoelaces in a knot. You get angry and you just tug at it, you know, and, of course, make it worse. That kind of immaturity that the smart child, the patient child you know, learns to look at it, think about it, see where the problem is, 
and approach it methodically and uh, pull it out and done the correct way. And if not, take it to somebody who can. And I would just tug at it and swear, oh, God damn it, fuck, Jesus Christ, God damn it. So too often, and I, I can't seem to get past that. I should smoke a little more dope, actually, or, or take gummies. You know, I'm sure it would help. But anyway, um, so this incident, my wife on Mother's Day cleaning the windows. And so now after that, she went out into the backyard and decided she was going to dig up every dandelion. And there's a lot in the yard. And she was out there working and working and working. And meanwhile, I had said, look, I, I'm going to make sausages for dinner and, you know, and I, I felt bad about, here's my son not doing anything. So I texted him from the road trip. Right after I recorded that clip, I text, uh, no, I, I phoned and left a voicemail. Look, your mom's out cleaning the windows. I want you to get up and offer to help. She may not take any help because often she doesn't, but I want you to at least offer. And uh, I went into the kitchen sometime later. And she was, I heard her laughing and saying, to him, no, it's okay. Everything's fine, you know. And uh, so I never acknowledged directly with my son that I had left him a message. He didn't acknowledge anything to me, but I believe he got the message. And that was good. Then I said, all right, I'm doing the sausages. Well, I got to have something with them, maybe some pasta, maybe some vegetable, whatever. Get my son involved. So went up to him, said, look, I'm going to cook these. It's Mother's Day. You're going to make the fries, and i got a can of green beans here. I get everything laid out. Show them how to use a new stove, because there are different features, and the burners is three different functions on each burner, you know, depending on the size pot you're using. It's simple enough, but anyway, you wanted to make sure. To, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Leave me alone. So... We're about to get started. I go out and I tell my wife, you know, I'm barbecuing. And she said, um, can you, I want uh, ding ho for supper. And I'm already halfway through barbecuing these things. Daniel hasn't started yet. I said, what, what? On the on the, on the table, I, I've, I made a note. And she's carefully written out a note with a phone number of the place and exactly the three items she wants for supper. Now, part of me is thinking, well, Jesus, didn't you hear me say I'm going to cook? And then I go, wait a minute, it's Mother's Day. And wait a minute now, this is what she wants. So let's do it. But hey, I'm in the middle of cooking. I got Daniel in the kitchen about to get started, you know, and we're going to have Chinese dinner on top of, you know. I don't know how to handle it. I go back into the kitchen. Dan, put the fries away. Forget it. There's no point. We're getting ding-ho. So shovel all the fries off the tray, back into the freezer, leave the beans in the pot. Forget it. I'll cook them another day. <sighs> Call ding-ho. Yeah. Uh, no, don't have that. Yeah. Okay. She's here. The, things she, the fish you want to know, don't have it. I'm not a, a, making fun of a bad Chinese accent. Uh, you know, I, I, this person and I laugh and communicate. She knows me well, and I know her. But, yeah, her English is very fractured. Um, so, no, we don't have that. So I go out and tell my wife, they don't have what you want. I'm trying to be patient. I'm trying to be nice. trying to be calm. trying to think, hey, there's no big deal. So, you know, eat the sausages another time. It's okay. 
And she said, well, all right, shrimp. Or she comes in and looks at the menu. Okay, so I call back. Yeah, very busy. It's Mother's Day, of course. So, okay. What happens? My wife comes in. She's hungry. Dingho's not ready yet. We did, I didn't see this message on the table. Otherwise, I would have ordered earlier. Um, she goes in the kitchen. She makes nachos. Calls my son down. We got nachos. Oh, okay. They go. She goes into the kitchen. She comes back out. All the little sausages I cooked up, almost all of them, are cut up into little pieces, very nicely done, in little bowls, nice little Japanese bowls, with mustard on them, heated up. These are appetizers. Oh, okay, for the ding hole. So a little of those. No call from Ding Ho. They haven't called back. She said she'll call me. There's no call. It's getting on. It's been an hour going on. My wife disappears into the kitchen again, comes back out with three little bowls of a pasta dish with chicken and broccoli and cheese or something. It's some kind of sauce. So she's made three things already on Mother's Day. Quite happily, like, no, no, hey, well, these are just, these are appetizers. My son and I are full by this time. We've got this bowl of pasta. We've got the nachos. We've got the sausages. We're full. Finally, after two hours, I forgot, I'm going to check Ding Ho. I check. I pick up my phone. I see, oh, I missed a call from Ding Ho. I had it on vibrate. I call him. Yeah, you ready? So I go and pick up the Ding Ho. We come back. Three main dishes. None of us can hardly eat. But it was just... Nothing was wrong. In the end, it all worked out. I said, it's fine. Like, take, take the dinghole for your lunch tomorrow. I'm telling you all this just as in the end, almost nothing really matters. So she, she brought in the shrimp and the, the rice, which she really liked, Thai style rice. And, um, yeah, I finished off a little bit of the leftover pasta we couldn't finish last night for lunch. And that's just the way things roll in this house. It's just a little crazy. It's just a little communication. Is all. It's never been good, starting with language even. So everything was okay. I guess that's what I'm seeing. All right? And I just thought I should kind of wrap it up. I mean, it's it's kind of funny when you look back at the whole picture. But meanwhile, I'm trying very hard to stay calm. Hey, don't get upset. Don't Don't get rattled because... You're cooking sausages and nobody wants them now. You know, hey, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. All right, here's something that does matter. Feedback. Um, I sent out, I spent a lot of time putting together Dixon Jane zine, you know, and sent it off to people. Very, very, very little feedback. Now, I, it wouldn't be good to send something out on the condition that you get feedback or that people feel obliged to give feedback. But it is nice to get it. And what I find is what I think an observation I'm making. People will post anything that's up on TikTok, on YouTube, on here, on there, a joke, a point or something. And it goes up and it's in social media of the day or it comes into your daily stream and you, you hit a like or you hit a comment or you continue the joke or whatever. But people respond to something live like that that's happening. Bam. Oh, it came across the screen. Oh, I'll, hit, I'll reply to that. ha <laughs> ha. But to something like a zine that would go out, there'd be very little people, very few people, who would think, oh, I read that article. Gee, I really liked what this guy said. That guy, that story from Australia about, you know, what does hope mean to you? That was a great story. 
would be nice to hear back. I, you know, even if I, that I could refer it back to him. Hey, somebody here really liked this story. So I, this is not a nagging, but it's a, it's an observation about the end. Like because I'm so focused on these letters, you write a letter, you send the letter, somebody reads your letter, appreciates your letter, and writes back. It's an agreement. It's a, it's a sharing. And there isn't a sharing on this fucking internet now. There, there just isn't. People post and post and post. And you like, like, like. But there's very little real communication through any of this. So last time I wrote about the microwave, and I'm, again, you know, an example of a frost. Uh, well, hey, no, no, what do you mean? Wait, wait. You know, I got to fix it and so on. Well, I have a listener, and this is why I'm coming up. There's a listener called Glenn in Winnipeg. Thank you, Glenn. Uh, Who has also written for the zine. Um, And he made reference to uh, the book I was doing and gave passed on a tip. Maybe there was some OCR that I could recognize letter writing. That was very thoughtful of him, knowing how much time I'm spending doing this. Uh, A personal update, you know, on where he is in Manitoba and where they're going, but also talked about something on episode 842 when I talked about, I'm glad we don't have to worry about honor, honor culture in our country. we got police, so I don't have to defend my family and so on. And he wrote back the conclusion letter was, honor culture is alive and kicking even in Canada. And the reference was that, in regards to the thing I posted about this toaster oven and how I was so annoyed that my wife might replace it or, you know, was taking it down. And he said, that's an example of honor culture. And it was, yeah, he's right. That men grow up really believing there are certain things within our domain, fixing anything to do with technology, electronics, which haunted me when I was growing up because I didn't have these skills. My father did, my older brother did. I didn't, and it made me less of a man. I don't know how to wire a stereo up, you know, if it's beyond plugging in. As simple as that. I can't I can't do this shit. And it's it was very real. Yeah, you know, I, I don't I care less now. But this just this one example that Glenn took the time to comment on and alert me to the fact that yeah, the reason I was so stressed about it is Underneath all of the surface, underneath all of this, is still the sense that I'm responsible for the toaster oven household items like that. You know, I mean, I took great pride in going out and buying the stove. I love our new stove, but that was my job. I could not have let my wife go out and get a stove. She could have got the same one. She could have got it just as well as me and the same price and everything else. But that was my area. That was my domain. That was my responsibility. Right? And um, he said, this is, he said, that unexplainable feeling of dealing with things technical, mechanical in nature, and the presumed my realm, I think, is directly related to honor, honor culture. Our culture, for better or for worse, has instilled in males of a certain age the feeling expectation that these issues will be fixed or at least dealt with by males. Um, and so thank you for that. But that's just an example. Here's somebody who took the time to write. I'm not even asking anybody to send a long email and so on. But, you know, I I try and post, if I listen to somebody's podcast, I'll include a little clip or mention it or something. 
Um, I was happy when Anthony Marco, I'm shopping in the supermarket, and Anthony Marco talks about <laughs> the free will thing in relation to something that was very, very funny, uh, the, the girls slamming the doors. I believe that loud slamming noise in the morning throws off um, Anthony's sleep patterns, and he has to... I, I couldn't get the the the, noise, the sound was chopping, clipping in and out. There was, you know, what's that, roboting or uh, xyloning or whatever. Just the, the noise was sometimes you you didn't quite pick up. Oh, what was that? And I think he said something about having to get up in the middle of the night and play fish. And I don't know if he was talking. And, and again, I might have misheard. This was to do with free will and and so on. I don't know if he was talking about uh, waking up Jay and asking her to play card game Fish or putting on Fish the music, his favorite music and listening. Something, something very strange to do with the girls slamming the doors very loudly in the morning. I, I know I, I didn't get the entire message clearly. But but I was grateful that he referenced, oh, you know, I was listening to Ken and Ken was talking about free will. Well, here's what I've got to say about free will and slamming doors. So that counts, right? And we used to do a lot more of that in the beginning, you know, and we, we were sharing our crazy pins on the maps where your listeners were. And I find there's very little of that. Maybe it's, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm expecting too much. But... Uh, and yeah, it's it's old school. It's the old way. You know, people respond. It's like when I sent all these things to the person who was interviewing me for this poem, this creative person. Rarely did I get any acknowledgement, like even an email back, thanks for the pictures. I didn't get anything. And okay, that's here's a person who's twenty five. This is the new world maybe they live in. But wow, I, I think that's sad. I think that you know, and I know I know you can sound old. Oh, this is just old people whining on. This is what we did when we were young. We wrote thank you letters. Well <laughs> Yeah. How I hated having to do that, thanking Aunt Thelma for the mitten she knitted me for Christmas. You know, you got to write your aunt, hey, it's Christmas, I just want to play with my toys. No, you're going to sit down and write your letter to Aunt Thelma thanking her. <sighs> All right. <laughs> anyway, I hope you got something out of that. Um, yeah, I got to go. I got I got, I got stuff to do. I'm deep into, well, you know what. And uh, I'm enjoying it. Bye for now. Oh, damn it, damn it, damn it. What the hell? It's just not moving right. Oh, my God. Doesn't sound right, does it? It's just, it's just not the way it used to be. Check, check, check. Bing-a-ling-ding. Scupper dude here. And for a change, we are outside. Oh, my God. It is an absolutely beautiful day. And shame on me, I did not force myself to get out of the house until 4.30. At 4 o'clock, I found myself lying on my bed again, just feeling comfortable listening to podcasts, you know, and knowing, oh, man, come on, we've had shitty weather, it's been cool, 
Today's the nicest day we've had. Get the hell out. And it did take a, a little bit of a self-scolding to um, make me do it, but never too late. I'm glad, and here I am. I didn't get very far. I found I was tired because I'm, I'm just out of shape. Uh, I had one particular bench in mind. This is the uh, park. Oh, I can't remember its name. Uh, just behind the Cedarbury Mall. And it's I can get to it walking from my house. Cross the street, down a set of stairs, through a, a laneway, along a creek. Cross the street, and you're in this big park area that goes on forever. And, and there's another trail from here that goes all the way to uh, Thompson Park which is the route my wife usually does. She'll probably do that when she gets home from work. But uh, anyway, I am out. Congratulations, Ken. Yeah, you did something. I've, I've been spending all this time, and it's been easy on rainy days, cold days, cloudy days, to sit in my room, my office, and um, edit letters for the uh, for Volume 2. But when the weather's nice like this, you're, you're starting to feel, hey, 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 come on, man. You can't just be doing that. And really, uh, that's what I have been doing. So, what's to say? I made a point of talking to somebody, booked a Zoom conversation with a person who is uh, an ex-minister. I think I might have mentioned him on a previous podcast um, connected now with our church, involved, I guess, as maybe director of communications or something like that. Um, very bright guy who has been through a lot in life, uh, both parents missionaries, and uh, he is, but in his own way. Uh, but somebody to talk to, I, I think I mentioned that. There's somebody I could know I could uh, reach out to on any topic and and probably learn something from listening to him. Um, I had a few points. <laughs> I guess the one, maybe I'll share it with you anyway, the, the thing I really wanted to sort out was uh, a news article that ran on CBC, I guess, about a woman from the Congo living in Manitoba, upset because there's no school, and she has eight children and is not very strong in the English language and can't handle all the um, the work for them, you know, the schoolwork. You just can't do it. They don't have enough computers. The condo she's living in is too small. And I reacted, and maybe in a way they, maybe they deliberately set it up so that people would react this way. Like, the first thing, what the hell is that woman doing with eight children? And where is the man? There's no man in the picture. There's no mention of a husband or a father. Eight children in a small place and can't afford computers for the kids and so on. And I did not feel any compassion. And that's kind of what I wanted to His mother's a very compassionate person uh, through the grace of God. And I just wanted to, to sort of to air that and say, yeah, what do you do? I think I've reached a new level in terms of gratitude, but I, I have not gone very far down the road for compassion. And I did mention that I have compassion for our outdoor cat that needs to be fed. It can't fend for itself and... and both my wife and I take great care, making sure his the straw in his house is dry. Well, she does that part. Uh, that he gets, you know, on a cold day, the milk is warmed up nicely, and and he gets his two full meal settings a day. And I I just feel for this poor cat that needs human help. 
But I didn't feel anything for this woman other than anger. Like, why did you have eight children? Um, and so I wanted to air that, to talk about that. Uh, and also raise the issue of the not so much anger, but hatred, I feel, for the men who bombed the gates of the girls' school in Afghanistan just as the girls were coming out. So the bombs would go off and blow up these young girls trying to get an education and scatter their shoes and school books all over the place and then have two more bombs set so when the rescuers came to help, they too would get bombed. And and, and just saying that story, I, I can't believe, like, Surely they are not from the same planet. Surely these are an alien species that is full of hatred for the human race. Uh, and and it, it just it just even saying that fills me with hate and anger. I, I want them eliminated from the planet. I want them all dead. Period. And 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 then you try and sort of back off a little. And so this gentleman with whom I was having the conversation, I'll call him Dennis, um, said, you know, first of all, it doesn't do any good to. To fill yourself with hatred and to, uh, you know, to, there's, and I, I think I sort of stopped there. Yeah, I know that, but I can't, I, I'm not ready to go any further on this particular point. It's hatred, I want them dead. Um, but in terms of the woman with the eight children, he said, my, my first concern, the first thing I think about immediately is not so much that woman to worry about, but the eight kids. We want to help the eight eight children. As a society, it's in our interest. And he has this big picture, the much broader picture. And he was quite right, and I I do get that. The focus is not on my anger for her. That's done. The eight kids are here. But what will the future be for those eight kids? What can we do as a society to help them? What resources can we do so that, as I chimed in, so that they don't have eight children each, so that they can get an education, so that they can be better? They can be, you know, and I think there was even mention of one of them wanting to be a nurse, studying to be a nurse. Good. So, yeah, shift the focus. Never mind about her and whatever the story is there, the story of the father, the husband. Maybe he's dead. Maybe he wasn't able to leave as a refugee with her. Who knows? I don't know the backstory. I didn't research it. But set that aside and think about, okay, what's in all of our interest? Our interest is to see that those children get well-fed, have an education, do the things that are going to help them keep out of trouble and, uh, you know, the suffering maybe that the mother's already gone through. So I that was good. I, I liked that. That was a, a fair... A fair assessment, a good point, a good perspective, and that's really why I want to talk to him. I also raved on about my uh, uh, the rediscovering the music when I was reading about this letter about uh, um, Benji of uh, Okeke Sound and the night we went out, got drunk and partied. Uh, and then just listening to this music that is freely available now on the internet and then other music from the time and other music that I uh, have on tapes in the basement and how excited that made me feel. Again, I was listening to it all day today, all day yesterday, just in the background. Wow, I just love this. It's so familiar uh, and comforting. And, And then neat to see people posting from years ago or even months ago from all over the world on these sites, YouTube sites, you know, thank you for this music. I remember or my father had me listen to this person. And uh, 
And so the different people, Ebenezer Obi and uh, uh, Waziri Oshomo, I think was the name, and uh, OKK Sound, of course, my neighbor, and how exciting that was. And then to be able to research about the people, their language, their history, and, and just to see in print the villages I lived in, Afoa, the next village, Jatu, where I'd go to Jane's Beer Parlor, and uh, and uh, Afascio, the next one, and down the road, Agenebode. Just those names just conjure up uh, magic, images, pictures, friends. Uh, and my good friend Agbona, who uh, would come and get me and drag me off drinking Hardly fighting and screaming, but uh, anyway, just excitement over all of that, but also a, a valuable little bit of education. And and uh, uh, I don't know, almost a revitalization, almost a um, feeling more alive because of that. That's an odd thing to say, I know, and, I, and I'm probably expressing it incorrectly but something about at least knowing I lived fully that was the thing when I was in Nigeria I lived fully and it's even days of just you know writing letters sitting on my porch watching the sun go down it was full living uh, because it's just alive every moment with all including all the, the crap I'm talking about the fishing a rat out of my water supply and bugs out of my uh, sugar and anyway so but how good it feels right now (laughs) sitting with just a bit of a breeze coming up and the sun shining and and it's green the spring has come the trees are getting leaves again that's the thing that's the thing it's the change of the seasons bam right now some still without leaves and others just starting and budding and it and it's all the various stages of the signs of spring of the earth coming alive again after winter there is not going to be snow coming back these leaves are not going to fall until the fall it's wonderful it's really quite wonderful so i, I guess i'm feeling happy and uh i'm just glad i just gave myself that little extra shove to get the fuck out the door man and uh, uh with that i will uh continue my walk i don't know i always feel there's some loose ends i didn't want to really scold anybody about hey why don't you uh, contact me um i i know i gave a little lecture about that but I, I was just it was more a question of just reflecting on the changing times people are too busy people have too many podcasts they're making their own podcast it was time to follow up on another person's and and all our time is accounted for, and the last thing you really want to do is is put pressure on somebody else to say, "Yeah, well, I need I need more of your time," when it's already being taken by so many other forces in life. So I'm I'm letting that one go. I would hate to think that somebody uh, sent me a message to out of uh, out of feeling there was a because I asked for it. Yeah, that'd be awful. Oh, speaking of which, I did go back through episode number one, the first podcast I put out, because I saw a reference on the very first podcast I played. My very first song was called One, Two, Five by a group called The Haunted. And I just found out today that uh, the 45 I, I have on Reprise label, I think, 
uh, was a misprint, and it was called The Hunted, H-U-N-T. And apparently I saw somewhere, I'm sure I saw a sign that that disc was going for $800, probably in better condition than the one I have. But that is a collectible now. This is these, these old copies of that bar band in Lachine. It all started because I do follow, there's a few posts about Lachine, my, where I grew, where I live from 59, I guess, 58, 59 until 72 when I left for Vancouver. So in a way it's a hometown. Um, I went to school there and made my friends and part of the group that uh, I'm still associated with. We all connected through Lachine High, but anyway, uh, somebody from Lachine posted a picture of the YMCA and I have memories of that because I went to a day camp connected through there. But more importantly, they used to have dances there, and you'd go, and on one particular night, might have even been more than one, but one that I remember, was the Haunted we're playing. And so here you are, a gymnasium in the YMCA upstairs, and you're just standing right with the band. I don't think there was even a stage. They were just, you know, they're on the floor, and you're standing up there listening to them crank out that song which became, you know, a, a hit for them. Uh, and it was it was bloody exciting. Uh, I have mentioned that YMCA before. Yeah, I'll get, never mind, that's another tangent I don't want to go into. But, so anyway, so somebody uh, said that, oh, the YMCA, I remember dances there. So right away, I guess the uh, person who was uh, hosting the site put up the link to that song. And then the man who was there... Um, manager. I'm pretty sure that's it. Uh, And then I realized when I went back to my very first episode, that person, this all connects, believe me, this all connects, posted a very long comment about the band, the members of the band, because he was a manager and he was the one, he worked for that record company as well. Um, Don, uh, who's... (laughs) Uh, I've just forgotten. He just sent me all his contact info. He actually worked for uh, Dick Clark for a while. Uh, he was a, a writer. He, he was in the radio business, a writer for teen magazines at the time. Uh, met you know many of the bands at the time, traveled with them. So an interesting guy with a history. And then also, it turns out, he's a collector and has a huge, huge website. But um, when I saw the link, I contacted him, friended him on Facebook, and we've been going back and forth. So there, that's another example of the, the connecting, the interconnectedness, the, the threads that you can follow up that I, that I wonder, I guess everybody does. But I'm sort of glad. You know, I don't know how much. There's maybe nothing more to be shared. I, I shared with him the, uh, the letter... Um, the connection to the music from Nigeria, which he wouldn't have heard, I'm sure. Um, also, I thought when when I sent him the friend request, the first thing he did was just search me out and then found my interview with Nancy uh, from uh, Chill, Chill TV, uh, Chilliwack podcast or um, YouTube channel that she has and uh, watch that whole thing so know something about who I am so again and that ties into that was all about the book and uh, all these connections to the music everything is just so intertwined and by God our own lives are so full why would somebody else have time to enter another person's 
Maybe that's what it comes down to. Darn, there was one note he said, uh, and this was Dennis today, about when people do things we consider evil, I think it was they don't know, or that maybe they truly believe at that time they are doing right. I'm going to have to find the right quote because uh, I was ready to argue the point, but it was a it, it was a philosophical base to it that they don't see it as evil. We're talking about the people who took down the the buildings on 9-11. And I guess I just don't want to make those excuses for the guys who blew up the girls at the gate of their school. Um, that, That mindset has to be eradicated. They are wrong. They do not belong on this planet now in this new age, no matter what historical wrongs have been done against Muslims and the Islam in the past. This is not the past. This is now. Now is not the time when you kill girls because they want to go to get an education. That is wrong. It is just plain fucking wrong. God damn, it's hard not to get worked up about that. It really is hard. Darn, I was, <laughs> I was able to let that go for a little bit. But um, I guess I better just get on my walk. Uh, tune in to the now, tune in to the breeze, tune in to shut this fucker off, stop talking, and uh, just enjoy the day. Scarborough Dude signing off from uh, the park across the street. Bye for now. Just for spite, the devil made him take a bite, and that's where old Adam met his Waterloo. And that's where Tom Dooley met his